Hi, everyone, and welcome into Elevate Hers Empower Space, What I Wish I Knew series. This limited series that helps you and other young professionals learn from seasoned professionals all the things they wish they knew when entering the workplace. Welcome back to Empower Space and Elevate Her podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Paterno, and today we have Jamie Claire Kaiser, who is currently Swag Group's Director of Advisory Services. Her responsibilities include strategic leadership over all of Zwide Group's consulting areas. She holds an MBA, JD, and a BA in history. She's a managing principal at Zwide Group and serves on the firm's board of directors. And she founded the platform Elevate Her as part of Zwide Group's mission to elevate the industry. So welcome, Jamie. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is exciting for us. So what experiences led you to want to create Elevate Her? Yeah, that's a good question. And probably, I mean, any woman or person who maybe has a bit of a different background demographically in a variety of respects could like relate to some of the experiences. But I guess before I answer that, I do kind of just want to start by just saying I, I Elevate Her does not come from a place of like frustration or anger or bitterness or any, any kind of like negative divisive perspective. It really, I I personally have been, I've been given more access and like been able to make more influence. And I've I've been given more trust than I've earned in this industry at a, you know, less experienced level, I think than a lot of people. So I I feel like I have been taken seriously and listened to. And I just want to emphasize that because I think that even just from like a foundation of like, what do these programs do? And what are they about? Some people immediately kind of recoil, you know, it's something that seems like it's not that it's pointing fingers or blaming somebody. So yeah, I mean, there were some moments that added up like a, a series of paper cuts. And when I realized they were like adding up for me, it kind of caused me to, I don't know, pull back and say, what can I do other than just, you know, cry on a plane at 11pm, <laughs> <laughs> which is where I found myself. Um, that when we uh, started Elevate Her, I uh, just had one of those days and just one kind of straw that broke the camel's back moment after kind of a a week of sort of similar just things adding up for me and just decided like, okay, I can either sit here and cry, which I did to be clear, (laughs) (laughs) but I can also like build something with this. You know, there's some, I I can do something with the the access that I have to like the leaders within this industry. Like I can make this better for the people that come next. So that's really where I kind of started. I do love how you kind of frame everything about not coming from a place of anger or exclusion. It's really why I joined Elevate Her was I heard you speak our company's strategic planning. And you said it's not a women's issue. It's a workforce issue. And that just really sat with me. And I thought showed kind of the importance of why we need this platform. So you're on this plane, you're crying, which we've all been there, I think. (laughs) I don't know if we've all been there, but I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Maybe not on a plane, but... So you send this email draft to your partners, and then they dive into the data. That's why group has, which is a bunch of data, but never really broken out by gender before. And then they give you kind of these answers or um, this data set. And how did you how did it make you feel? Well, I guess, I don't know, when I like 
proposed the concept and when I like just threw this out there and kind of sent that email, it I really did it with like the business hat on of like what can I see a little differently than other people see that can like we can build from, you know, that can be something that we can, I don't know, create a new initiative with. It's like a different way to engage with the industry that we serve and like the clients that we support and just the people that we work with that aren't in the rooms that I get to be in. And so it kind of just came from like an idea without the data behind it. And I don't know. I just really focused on like the business solution to the business challenge. That said, there was a large amount of catharsis in like <laughs> in firing off an email with like, here's an idea. And then when I, we received the data back, I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little bit like, oh, okay. So this is real. This isn't just... <laughs> so now that I put it out there, I'm going to have to do something with this. <laughs> so I felt pretty apprehensive. Like it's a lot easier to brainstorm ideas and strategies and just come up with, you know, coming up with new ideas is the easy part, you know, figuring out, okay, there's something here, you know, you've touched on something specific, and you have kind of a framework. So when getting that data back, I, I mean, I certainly wasn't happy to see, you know, numbers that supported the things that cost, you know, adults to cry on airplanes. But, (laughs) but it was, I guess, validating, but I didn't really need to be validated. Like I, I knew that these things happened, you know, and that there's a lot of, we focus on the data. And it's very important that we have like an objective, I don't know, fact based kind of I don't know, mission about what we're doing. So people don't feel ostracized or polarized. But the reality is like, it's something that you experience and we can get data to, you know, aggregate these experiences, but it was a feeling. And I wasn't surprised that the data was there. I was surprised by how marked the contrasts were. I did not think it would be 100% of female principals that have considered leaving AEC. I mean, I figured like a solid, you know, 80, (laughs) but 100 is a, that's a big number. So the magnitude was surprising, but the fact that the sentiment, you know, that I wasn't alone didn't surprise me. Yeah, I think in the AEC industry, we love our data to kind of back up our feelings there. And it also showed that women are entering the field more than ever, but they're not staying. And I think we're seeing now, especially in a post-COVID or sort of post-COVID world, um, this talent shortage, this recruitment shortage, uh, retention crisis. Uh, could this be addressed by working on getting women to stay in the industry? Absolutely. I mean, it, it is a an entire... To, I mean, again, that's really where the opportunity is, right? Like we've got a problem and we have something that we haven't yet, you know, figured out how to solve. And that's really where, okay, that like sliver between those two, that's where the opportunity is. You know, if as long as we have these talent gaps and the workforce challenges, we have to think about everything we can possibly do to keep people within the space And not just like to trap them here, like to engage them, you know, to like make people happy to work here, you know, so that the work is meaningful and that other people see this is a great industry to work in. Absolutely. Turn over all of the stones, you know, what what are the other things that we could do to attract people here? So I did a little research on the ZG Elevate Her website page, which will be linked in our show notes, that you were concerned about how the platform would be viewed. And you've kind of touched on that today about how it's not exclusionary and it's not from a place of anger. How else are you overcoming, working to overcome that? As I feel like sometimes it's easy to get into a bit of a a gripe session, maybe of, you know, struggles we've all had. What about Elevate Her is focusing on overcoming that? Well, I mean, I was very much concerned about, you know, anything that divides people up. That's the opposite of a goal of a program that's designed to like bring people together to solve an industry wide problem. And so that was just a huge I was so nervous about 
you know, there's, you can do all the messaging in the world, but once something is out there, people get to react to it however they want. And that really made me nervous. And there's no amount of like editing and, and rewriting something that, that misses kind of the point of like what we're trying to do, you know, which is solve a recruiting and retention challenge by better addressing one group. And that that's the reality of it. So I'm very, very nervous about how it would be perceived. But I don't know, like, uh, one of the, the people that's been a, a huge source of inspiration for me is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And uh, one of her quotes is to like, fight for what you care about, but do it in a way that like leads others to join you. And that's really what I've tried to stay focused on with Elevate Her is bringing people into this tent instead of making it seem like a, a group of people that are kind of out here fighting the good fight. Like, no, we're just trying to like solve a recruiting and retention challenge with things that are focused on implementation and action. We're trying to make it just one just iota easier for someone who's interested in doing something to like take the first step, you know, just make it as easy as possible to make one step toward a solution. Like it really is. It's, it's that simple. I mean, we've really, I think we've been able to stay focused on that because of the way we've structured the cycle of the program too. You know, it really is focused on the, the final presentation, the final deliverables, kind of the, you know, what are we going to have the industry can, can benefit from uh, when we have our final symposium. I think that's really been crucial to people seeing that this helps everyone. I, I will also say too, what's interesting, if you look at the uh, projects that all of the cohort teams have done, and now in year three, not a single one of them is something that only is that only benefits women or that only benefits one group, not a single one of them. We have career cards that you can have discussions about engagement and burnout and, you know, how supported you feel at work. We have stuff you can take to a K-12 school with a cover letter and everything to show kids that they can have a career. In AEC, you know, wellness programs, nothing is specifically, you know, I don't know, I don't even know what a, a weirdly gendered solution would be, but none of this stuff, it's about workforce. And each of the teams has put together projects that have like met that kind of desire. Yeah, I'm just even thinking about it now, this podcast, while, you know, our target demographic is maybe early career or mid-level career professionals, it could have advice that could help anyone. So that's a really I good hope point. So. I hope so too. <laughs> and that being said, uh, my group, Team Empower Space, we have one of the men of the cohort, Tony Casagrande of Compost Engineering. He's been great. And I think he feels like he learns a lot, but I think he's given us a lot as well. How do we get more men interested in participating and elevate her? I think that's a hard question. There's something about like deciding what your role is in a program like this, you know, and there's a lot of, a lot of, men that have been huge advocates and allies and supporters and sponsors and promoters of the program encourage people to join, but also recognizing maybe this isn't like something that they are able to like jump in and come up with a solution. And they're maybe better suited to helping with implementation or like finding people who are the right fit for the program. And I do respect that. I do appreciate people kind of saying, you know, I want to be part of the solution, but getting in there and like DIYing it isn't my thing. That said, the more that we can get industry-wide buy-in from across the organizational chart, the more that these things will happen in, in a faster time period in our professional generation. So how we can get men more interested, I think, is really just staying... I mean, I really think it's just staying focused. Like, it's a simple kind of implementation, action-oriented way to solve recruiting and retention. And I'm, if nothing, if not stubborn, and I can repeat that all day, every day. And I think we have in the program. You know, I really do. I think that the more that we can make it a, a place where people feel welcomed to solve a recruiting and retention challenge and to bring different perspectives. We do not want to create our own weird little echo chamber. Like that would be a real failure of the program too. 
you know, so having people that maybe don't get it, but know that they need to get it, they're welcome. Like we would welcome people that have different approaches to like what they think the issues are and how we can uh, move them forward. So I, I would just encourage anyone with any interest in uh, recruiting and retention to be part of it. Yep. Visit the website in the show notes, get involved. It'll be awesome. And so this is the first year we were in person, Jamie, right? Yes. Well, we were actually together in person for the kickoff for the first cohort year. That's but this it. is the first <laughs> symposium will be in person. It is. Yes. I'm going to have to wear like shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not just a professional top. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's going to have to go the whole way down this time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really exciting. And obviously the program's been growing. What do you think the next steps are? I mean, where do you want to see this platform really end up? Maybe five years. We won't go like too far in the future, but... Gosh, I, so our goal like next year is for the symposium to be a standalone event. So not tying it to the Elevate AAC conference. We wanted to use like the biggest audience that we have, our Elevate conference, to kind of bridge the, to have the first in-person symposium. So next year, we're going to have a standalone event versus tying it to the conference. And our intention there is to attract a much broader audience than people that are like directly involved in the cohort or kind of part of the, the awards program or, you know, just overall, we're planning to attend the conference anyway. So broadening the audience and making it something that anybody with any interest in the topic is able to attend. And then there's so many other things that we can do with it, turning Elevate Her into an industry nurtured initiative. I'd like to see a conference steering committee that comes directly from the industry and has a, a big saying kind of the programming and the, the topics that are top of mind in an ideal world, in my ideal world, because I focus on you know uh, transactions and driving value, I would love to find investors who see the business potential and some of the awesome ideas that the cohort groups have put together and are interested in like committing resources to really like do something with these ideas and with the hope that Elevate Her can be self-sustaining from the, the projects that are done and what we're able to do with that and the conference as well so that, I mean, truly there are not barriers to people participating. And I really think that that's completely doable, but it's already in progress. And I think that the sooner that we can make this, the relationship that we have at Zwy Group to elevate her is more of like, our plan is to be the platform, you know, not to be like the face of it. Like this needs to be embraced by the industry and like owned by the people that work directly within the firms and are really impacted by the ideas that the groups come up with. And I need the program as much as anyone else. Like it's been extremely impactful and meaningful for me, but just like everybody else in the cohort, it's also not my day job either. You know, this is something I do because I'm passionate about it and I, I just love it. But I think the industry is like full on acceptance and embracing of it, of the concepts behind Elevate Hair and like to be part of the catalyst that'll fuel the next evolution, you know, and make it something that just, I think, goes from there and continues to grow. That's awesome. I'm so honored to have been a part of it this year. And I can't wait to see you in Vegas soon. <laughs> What's been your favorite part of being uh, part of the cohort? Ooh. Um, Do I get to ask questions? Is that allowed? Sure, you can definitely <laughs> ask questions. I think it's really been gaining a network of almost like unofficial mentors. I have so many more resources than just my company. I mean, I could reach out to anyone in the group. And I feel like really lucky for that, especially I've recently moved offices within my company. And I'm actually the only female on the environmental team. So Coming from an office where my boss was a female, I'm now like, oh, wow, this is a different world for me. But I have this whole network of people behind me. And like I said, hearing you speak about how it is like a recruitment 
workforce issue. It really spoke to me and I, I like that. It's not really exclusionary. So getting to meet other like-minded professionals and working towards this goal, it's been awesome. Well, thank you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Are there any last thoughts you want to touch on? I don't think so. I mean, I really, I guess, I don't know. Like to me, this is something that there's a business case for it. There is a need to solve a problem. But I mean, you know, like when I said I this I need this as much as anybody else, like it's allowed me to engage with my work differently than I get to day to day, but like still be part of like thinking strategically and putting a different hat on than I wear kind of day to day, but still being very involved in confronting kind of the highest level challenges that our industry is facing. I mean, it's been a real source of like creativity for me. You know, how can we apply the things that we're talking about to just everything else that, that we do day to day? And it's just been a real, I don't know, like a, a source of inspiration and energy. And that's been fun. I mean, it's been fun to hear the amazing ideas that are so different from each other that every group comes up with and how they approach the problems. And I've met so many great people. And really, it's just been incredibly impactful for me personally. So, well, with that, we like to leave off by asking each guest about a resource, whether it be a book, a movie, a TED Talk, a podcast, whatever it is that really helped you find your way in the industry or as a professional. This this is the hardest question. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) I really had to think about this one. What resource? Like, I think, you know, I've got two uh, at the the conclusion. So one of them was a book that helped me personally, like really uh, a quiet, the Power of Introverts in a World That uh, Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. Embracing that it's okay to not be like a charismatic leader, but like I can lead and I can influence. That really gave me the confidence to like, I don't have to do this the same way that, you know, any of the other people that I work with would choose to start a program like this. You know, the role that I play, just I can do this my way, uh, you know, and it can be, it's okay to be an introvert and to try to lead something. And, and I feel like I need to read that. <laughs> it's so good. It was so good to just feel like, not like I'm faking all the time, you know, like I don't want to be on. That's not, that does, that's hard for me, you know, but there's a lot that I can do that um, really plays to my strengths as well. So that was a real confidence booster for me and kind of a reframing of what I'm capable of. But I would say like one of the best resources that absolutely, I mean, just inspired me so much when I was starting to learn more about what else is out there within our industry is the SE3 project. That's the Structural Engineering Engagement Equity Committee of the National Council of Structural Engineers Association. So NCSEA's SE3 committee. Good Lord, you engineers and your acronyms, you people. <laughs> the publications and the research that they've done, like truly trailblazing. I mean, really grassroots effort that's now like the largest survey of structural engineers in the country. Like over 5,000 people participated in the last year. And they're asking about topics like I mean, like exactly what we're focusing on within Elevate Hair, just engagement and, you know, career opportunities and mentorship. And it's incredible to watch like what a group of volunteers that gets, you know, a big idea and how they've been able to like leverage their networks to spread this and to be able to come up with such an amazing data set that has such powerful like numbers. Like to me, when I first learned about them and watched what they were doing, it's like, okay, this is something to build from. (laughs) Wow. Well, thank you. We'll definitely link those for our listeners to check out. And thank you for being here today. It's been great getting to talk to you and hear about the origin of Elevate Her. Thank you for having me and for launching this podcast. This is crazy. (laughs) This is awesome. 
Well, thanks again for listening to this episode of the limited series in Power Space by Elevate Her. Follow us to listen to the next podcast and stay tuned for our next great episode coming soon, available on every major podcasting platform. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.